Getting engaged is a moment worth cherishing. A one-of-a-kind ring that you design at Blue Nile can help your love sparkle. Just choose your diamond and setting. When you've found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Finding the right engagement ring can be nerve-wracking. At Blue Nile, you'll have the expert guidance needed and a diamond guarantee that ensures you're getting the highest quality at the best price. Cherish all of life's moments and save up to 30% at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Survivor 46 is here and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast. And we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. The following program is brought to you by Podcast One Sportsnet. Don't forget to download our new Podcast One app. Quick break to tell you guys about NFL Game Pass, the only way that you can replay every game all season long. You can relive all the gutsy calls, crazy catches, wild comebacks, and breakout stars from every game every week. It's all the action, all the football you can handle, all in one place. So every game that we're talking about right now, you guys can rewatch it after the fact. I'm going to be going back, and you guys can too. Go check out Lamar Jackson in week one. Go check out Dak Prescott and what that Cowboys offense actually did. Go check out Kyler Murray and his NFL debut. That's my favorite thing about NFL Game Pass. You can go back and watch at any time. And if you haven't watched a condensed game yet, You have to try it out. It's every play from the game back to back to back so you can replay an entire NFL game in the fraction of the time it normally takes. It's how I'm able to follow all the MVP candidates, all the breakout stars, and, of course, your waiver wire pickups all season long. To see all the action this season and stay on top of all the big storylines, you need NFL Game Pass. Best of all, you can kick off the 2019 NFL season with a seven-day free trial of NFL Game Pass. Just sign up now at nfl.com slash pro football focus nfl the pff podcast is brought to you by simply safe something sam and i are a huge fan of because simply safe is ready for anything that gets thrown at it and we have a great deal for you guys over at simplysafe.com slash pff today if a storm takes out your power simply safe is ready an intruder cuts your phone line simply safe is ready they can destroy your keypad your siren simply safe will still get you the help that you need Maybe it's overkill. Maybe you don't need to be ready for every worst case scenario, but that's what makes Simply Safe's home security so great. It is always ready. And the best part, it's really cheap. For 24 7 professional security monitoring, it's only $14.99 a month. No contracts, no hidden fees. That's why I recommend Simply Safe to everyone I know. You need to check it out right now. It's simplysafe.com slash PFF. SimplySafe.com slash PFF. Protect your home and your family today over at SimplySafe.com slash PFF. Also, special thanks to our friends over at Under Armour. Whether you're competing, training, or recovery, Under Armour has created the best performing gear to make you better. I love it because of the comfort. The performance is fantastic. Everything that you need, whether you're working out, sitting at home, grading PFF games, doesn't matter. Under Armour has you covered And with two new exciting collections called Vanish and Perpetual, Under Armour is ready to help you focus on performance and take your fitness game to the next level. 
Vanish is engineered to be more breathable, so you feel lighter and less distracted. It's lightweight, quick-drying, won't cling or chafe, and stretches without absorbing sweat. That's important in my life. Perpetual, it's got a crazy amount of design and details to help you improve the way your body moves. Prints taping hugs and flexes for better alignment and muscle awareness. And now they also have the best fitness apps to help you track and learn how to put that gear to the test. Track your runs, log workouts, and tap into coaching with Under Armour's Map My Run, which you can sync with other devices like Garmin, Apple Watch, or even one of Under Armour's connected running shoes. And then you can track your diet with Under Armour's MyFitnessPal, the fastest, easiest-to-use calorie counter app where you set your calorie and nutrition goals and discover recipes and diet tips. And if you sign up for premium, you can unlock even more tools to help you achieve your fitness goals. So right now, download Under Armour's Map My Run and My Fitness Pal in the Apple App Store or Google Play Store and take control of your goals today. Also, special thanks to MyBookie. You guys have heard us talking about them all year. They are the place where we've been going to place some wagers this year. MyBookie.ag. Remember, who you're betting on is just as important as who you're betting with. So I always tell people to go to MyBookie. Trust me, guys, they're your best bet. This season, they've been in the business for years. They have great reviews online and that mobile site, easy to use. The whole thing, very easy, whether it is mobile or desktop. So lay down some cash and win big today. I would only recommend this to listeners if they've been good to me, and that's what my bookie has been. So I'm urging you to get there right now. You win, they pay. They also have in-game live betting, the most rewarding player perks in the business, and for you fantasy guys out there, you can bet over-under on fantasy points every single week join now and my bookie will match your deposit dollar for dollar when you enter the promo code pff so go to my bookie online today that's m-y-b-o-o-k-i-e and don't forget to use the promo code pff when creating your account to claim your bonus that's promo code pff you play you win you get paid over at mybookie.ag Welcome in to the PFF NFL Podcast. Sam Monson alongside myself, Steve Palazzolo. Yeah, I keep saying this wrong every time. Right. You're Sam, I'm Steve. Yeah. And just the way I'm doing it's just just horrible. You know, we've just been talking about how you need a, a slicker catchphrase intro and you don't have it yet. No, my intros have been terrible lately. Right. Do you guys have any... Uh advice let us know on intros let us know <laughs> let us know uh sam wants to get right into what grinds his gears because he's freezing yeah the freezing studio grinds my gears it's it's freezing in here cold studios also grind my gears and it's yeah. not even it's not even cold outside like it's not like we've hit the depths of winter and it's it's my negative temperatures outside of the building it's okay but somehow in the studio right here in our little cave it's freezing. We're just scratching the surface of climate control here at the yeah. studio. Just Having said the that, as soon as we came in, air started to pump its way through these uh, these you know vents up here, and I suspect that having pulled on my pullover, I hope we sweat you right was out of this place. Just in a, a polo when I came in here, pulled on the PFF pullover because it was freezing. Now it's going to bake, and by the end of this podcast... I sure hope so. I'm going to have the guys crank it up out there. Yeah. All right, let's get into the week's action. It's week seven. As we always do on our week preview edition, we like to kind of predict the future. Yeah. Uh, last week, I was kind of half right. I said Brandon Graham was going to go off, but I said Eli was going to get killed. He got killed. You said Brandon Graham was going to get three sacks. That didn't How happen. How many sacks did Brandon Graham get? It's zero. Zero out of three does not sound half right to me. I should have just focused on the Eagles as a whole. That sounds very wrong, in fact. But I, 
Okay, fine. Eli also did get that puts you even further in the hole in our Brandon Graham bet the ten sacks in the season thing. Yeah, that was he's going to need some big games for you to. That avoid was supposed to be his game to lunch. catch up. So I'm not. I probably owe you lunch. Yeah. So it's your turn to predict what already happened on Thursday Night Football: Broncos at the Cardinals. Thursday Night Football did not look like a barn burner on paper heading into the game. Denver Broncos, Arizona Cardinals. People were scrabbling around looking for reasons to watch this game to the point where they dived into play action as a reason to watch this game. But Case Keenum, this was the Case Keenum redemption game. He's been playing terribly all the way through the season. Case Keenum showed up for once, dragged himself back into that Matt Castle conversation of one good season. I'm sure Matt Castle's had one good game after that one good season. This was Case Keenum's one good game. Make you think that he can still do it. He can still be a viable quarterback, still get things done, only to, you know, later on down the line completely remove all doubt that he can't Broncos fans calling for swag Kelly and you're calling for a redemption game this is the re- this was last night it was the redemption game for you already, Keenum. you saw it and last at least night. for the next week people are not going to be talking about him as you know a dead man walking a quarterback all right let's get into the games looking forward now as we look forward to Sunday's action we struggled a little bit looking for the marquee games of the week I think there's some okay games some solid games but One of the ones that uh, is certainly interesting, the New Orleans Saints at the Baltimore Ravens. Sam, what are you looking for in this matchup? Yeah, this didn't seem like a great week for games, at least on paper. It always always surprises, though. Yeah, yeah. there'll be games that are better than they look on paper. But at least looking at this slate of games heading into the week doesn't look amazing. Um, This Baltimore defense, we were talking earlier in the week about how there aren't good defenses in the NFL at the moment. This relentless pursuit of the league to you know, chase yards, passing more and more points because that's what people want. It actually appears to have worked at the moment because even the best defenses in the league right now are typically getting gashed. The best defense in the league appear to be average at best. Baltimore might have the best average defense in the league at the moment. Um, and the New Orleans Saints have one of the better offenses in the league, obviously, every single season. What's interesting to me is Sean Payton against the Baltimore Ravens is 0-3. The Saints have never scored 30 points when, when Peyton has played oh, them. Only one matter. of those has been on the road. Two of them have been in the Dome, Steve. Thank you. The road dome, uh, the, whole, the indoor-outdoor splits matter so way more than Only one of them have the been history. in Baltimore, outside, away from the Dome. The other two have been inside, still hasn't cracked 30 points, and lost all three of them. Yeah, so I, I'm more worried about the outdoor stuff. I've been posting indoor-outdoor Stats the whole time. Breeze has only played outdoors once this year, and he had a very pedestrian game from a passer rating standpoint, 77, and from a PFF grade, 71. Where was it? Is he struggling in Pennsylvania as well? No, he was in New York. Oh, okay. But uh, the Northeast in general, or the East, New York, now he's going to Baltimore. We'll see if there's a trend there. Um, But yeah, I posted Breeze and Matt Ryan, both of their indoor-outdoor splits. Their passer ratings indoors are 127 or 130, the, the, the two of them, and outdoors, they're both 70s. It's a big difference, about 77. It's a big difference. We'll see if uh, it's one game for Breeze. Yeah. We'll see what happens here. I want to see you know him throwing to Michael Thomas, going up against a pretty good slate of Ravens cornerbacks. The last four games, Ravens have given up 14, 14, 12, and then zero. The other part about that is that the Ravens need to have a better solution to defending a good receiver in the slot than they had when they faced A.J. Green. Remember, yeah, we, they didn't actually line him up in the slot that often, but every time they did, it was a touchdown. When we were at the game. Right. We were there. Michael Thomas is every bit as good as A.J. Green, certainly from the slot. They need to have a better plan than they did in that game because A.J. Green just torched them in the slot. Uh, look, I'm not completely ready to buy into the Ravens, though. 
I mean, when you look at the slate of guys, the players that they faced, uh, they did get torched that night against the Bengals. But week one, they faced uh, Josh Allen and well Nathan Peterman first in the rain. Josh Allen then came in. Uh, they've played Case Keenum. They played Big Ben and the Steelers. Faced Baker. That was impressive. But you know Baker's receivers letting them down. And then last week, Mariota and the Titans when we couldn't even assign all those sacks to the offensive line. Mariota was kind of bad in the pocket. So I'm not ready to really crown the Ravens anything defensively. They got Breeze this week. They have to face Cam. That's what I'm saying. I don't think they're the even Panthers. that good. They're just, they might be the best above average defense in the league. Yeah, I guess that's fair. Uh, so pretty good matchup for this week. What do we have for picks? We have a lot of people taking Baltimore. You went New Orleans, though. I did. Even though they've never won in Baltimore. Because that matters not at all. Oh, you're going to, you it think It doesn't matter. Well, let's revisit on Monday, shall we? Yes, what the Saints did in Baltimore eight years ago, really going to have a lot of bearing on what happens well, this Sunday. I Definitely. They're both the same coaches, right? I'm sure Breeze and I'm sure they went back to that 2010 film. When did uh, Harbaugh get there? 2008. Okay. So they've two, played once two of in the Baltimore. Three. No, it's, well, yeah, but two of the three games have been Harbaugh versus Peyton. I'm taking the Saints. You're taking the Ravens. Yeah. Uh, the other game that's, uh, I think, pretty decent, NFC matchup, Carolina Panthers at the Philadelphia Eagles. They played a pretty good game last year. Uh, Panthers at three and two now. Eagles up to three and three. Is that right? Sure, should know this. Yeah. Um, Eagles coming off that domination against the New York Giants and Panthers struggled a little bit against the Redskins last week. Yeah, and their run game was shut down as well. Um, I'm curious to see on the Eagles side of the ball how Jason Peters holds up because it's such a colossal drop off between him and the Big V Vitae at left right. tackle. But Peters wasn't playing that great himself, just a hell of a lot better than Vitae. So his PFF grade this season has been 67.6. He's now got a torn biceps, which is not, from what I can remember, an injury people typically play through. Usually that shuts you down for the season. You're usually done. Yeah. I'm kind of curious to see how he's going to play with that. The good news, I guess, is that the Panthers don't have a great edge threat to really take advantage of. They've still got like Julius Peppers out there. Who's still capable of winning, but you know it's it's they've got players that will need a tackle to be bad for them to be really good. Yeah, that's fair. So it's I mean that's really the question is can Peters play better than bad now that he has one arm? Very middle of the pack pass rush grade for the Panthers at number fifteen. Um, I think every week we always highlight the pass rush for the Eagles. Still valid. Still now or now the number one pass rush uh, grade in the league at eighty five point nine. And we always love to show QB splits, clean pocket versus pressured pocket. One of the more extreme splits this year is Cam Newton of the Panthers, grading at 91.2 from a clean pocket and only 44 from a pressured pocket. So his PFF grade drops almost 50 points, and his passer rating goes from about 115 to 24. That's That's a big that's a big drop. Yeah, that's that's quite a big drop. And so I think a lot of that's Cam's, you know, doing a little bit better job of getting the easy stuff and the, and the quick stuff underneath. But under pressure, man, um, he's just such an interesting quarterback because he doesn't really move in the pocket all that much for a guy that's so mobile. When he takes off, he's great. But a lot of his running's designed. He likes to just sit back there, plant himself, and just make throws. And he almost invites pressure a little bit. So he's going to probably be under some heat against the Eagles. Yeah, and a lot of his kind of throws under pressure are 
like I say, he basically just roots himself and then has to contort himself into a weird angle with bodies in his face. It's not like he, he almost appreciates that. Like he almost yeah. likes doing that. You know, he almost invites it a little bit. Other quarterbacks have those subtle pocket movements. He just doesn't do that. Yeah, he's more, I've got the arm to get it there anyway, yeah. so I'm going to try. Yeah, so this game, I, I really think this game comes down to like Cam's MVP season three years ago. He was making those throws left and right under pressure, and they were special. If he can do that in this game, then, uh, you know, the Panthers will have a shot. Where are we going with this? Where's everybody picking? Everybody taking? Yeah, everybody's, take, everybody's got Philly. Yep. That's, everybody's uh, got the you, you included. Let's get into our Dalton Coaster of the Week, and uh, I'm going to provide it for us this week. Jameis Winston. So Cleveland Browns playing the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Jameis Winston last week, one of the more incredible games that you will see. Um, he had a good PFF grade despite uh, having four turnover-worthy plays and zero big-time throws for our numbers. And butchering the rugby move. <sighs> well, yeah, obviously he butchered the rugby move as well. It was absolutely incredible, and he did it because he kept making – so, you know, there's a difference between lower positives and those big-time throws. He kept making positive after positive after positive. At the intermediate level, he completed 14 passes, that 10 to 19 – level so he had 30 completions 23 of which went for first downs that's incredible yeah but he had the four turnover worthy plays which made him land at about an 80 grade which was solid so it's like it's like an in-game dalton coaster he's going to turn it over or he's going to keep moving the chains over and over and over again that's my dalton coaster of the week yeah i like that you're you're seeming surprised by this Jameis winston phenomenon which is basically him every time he says oh i'm not surprised by it i'm just highlighting it i'm highlighting it for the listeners so they know what they're getting with Jameis winston which is you don't necessarily know what you're going to get throw for throw yeah that's the beauty of Jameis winston one of these days he cuts down on those turn of worthy throws and boom stats are out of out of this world never gonna happen it's gonna happen uh i want to stay in the same game though because i think the dalton coaster is a an entire unit and it's the brand's defense Mm. which from one week to the next seems to go from being suffocating to terrible just this season right they've held ben roethlisberger and the steelers to 21 points they've held drew Brees and the saints to 21 points in new orleans they got gashed for 45 by the raiders they got gashed by 30 uh, for 38 by the chargers and in the middle there they held baltimore to nine points in an overtime game right like that's dalton coaster what the hell like, you know what it is what the turnovers of course, yeah. But at some point, I mean, this for the Browns to actually be halfway decent this year, the defense needs to do consistently something. Right. It needs to actually play somewhere near its potential over the course of the season. You can't turn up the games and the defense is just not going to show up because the, like, as, as better as they are overall, like they're not that good. Baker, as good as he is, cannot overcome a defense just not stopping anybody. And as poorly as Baker played last week against the Chargers – Playing against Tampa Bay should help a little bit this week. Yeah, and he wasn't actually that bad last week. Like, he made some big mistakes. Kind of like the Jameis thing, right? There were some mistakes in there. It was definitely his worst game so far, but he wasn't bad. The end. Okay. You know, just saying. Like, everyone's saying Baker was terrible last week. He wasn't terrible. I'm fascinated by your your pick here because you are a Baker fan, you hate Jameis, and you're taking Tampa Bay. Yeah, well, it's, you know, it's in Florida. Ooh, so you're buying into the Florida home field advantage now. I'm just not buying that Browns defense ever. Yeah, that's fair. I think this could be a serious shootout. Could be. Could be a serious shootout. I'm taking Cleveland for some reason, though. <laughs> and uh, oh, we're just going against each other here, which is weird. 
Um, maybe we'll flip our picks, and I'll feel better about Tampa Bay, and you'll you'll feel better about Cleveland. Um, some Dalton coasters in this game to watch. So this one could go anyway. Um, another game that is actually pretty good: New England Patriots at the Chicago Bears. The health of Khalil Mack, yeah, is is a big one here. It's paramount. He, he might be the most important defensive player in the league this season in terms of how much he means to his to his unit. The the Bears were a reasonable defense moving in the right direction. Mack turned up, and this defense looked like the best defense in the league. Then Mack gets hurt, plays badly against the Dolphins because he's hurt, and that defense just gets gashed by everything. Now, obviously, there's going to be other factors at play than just Khalil Mack being hurt in that game, but that's a big part of it. Like If they don't have him wrecking an offense on his own, it is a dramatically worse team. Last Um, year's uh, pass rush rankings. You ready for this? Bears. 26th this year bears third yeah last year's pass rush rankings raiders 18th Mm -hmm. this year they moved up to 31st yeah in the last couple weeks good for them um so that's just showing the quick the quick and dirty you know yeah impact that that khalil mack i think this could have been a really good game if the bears had 100 percent healthy khalil mack without it it i it's going to be tough to see how they can stop the patriots two big things they've got you know element and Gordon I, back and everything looks fine again. I think they still have a shot. I mean, it's still Midwest weather. It's going to be cool. You've got the Bears still have the top-graded coverage unit. I don't know if they've played enough. They played one leg of Aaron Rodgers. Haven't played a ton of great quarterbacks, but right now our top-graded coverage unit, they play you know their zones pretty well. Um, so them going up against the Patriots pass game. Patriots have looked great the last two weeks, but against the Colts and the Chiefs. Yeah. So they'll be challenged a little bit more this week. And then the other one I really want to see... Bill Belichick going up against Mitch Trubisky. So Patriots defense going up against Trubisky. His blitz grade, his grade against the blitz is 44 on our 0 to 100 scale, which is terrible. And it really matches up a lot of the stuff you see on film. And last week, the Patriots, they were they were attacking Mahomes with the blitz. They got away with a few. Or, you know, they, it, it, they, they did it successfully. Yeah. And I think this is something that they can attack uh, with Trubisky in this Chicago pass game. Yeah, his, he struggles under... Uh against the blitz and under pressure right and if you can combine those two things as the patriots will do that could be an absolute nightmare for him unless he's able to get the ball out quickly and two receivers yep uh also mentioned with trubisky the other day 33rd in pff grades seventh in passer rating yeah a massive discrepancy as he gets elevated so far by that scheme that should start to even off at some point we're all taking new england in this one uh, Detroit Lions going to the Miami Dolphins. We'll go rapid fire on some of these games. But what are you watching for here, Sam? Yeah, the Dolphins are another kind of Dalton Coaster team, like the whole team. What are they? Are they the team that went 3-0 and that were able to beat up um, on the admittedly Chicago Bears team that was missing a healthy Khalil Mack? But they look, you know, they look quite good. Brock Osweiler beat the Chicago Bears, for God's sake. And he only looked okay. Yeah, exactly. But the, their receivers looked very good, and they've got weapons, um, and that defense has got some talent. But Or are they the team that kind of got you know annihilated by the Patriots and then beaten by the Bengals, right? Having thrown away, what, a 17-point lead or something. So right. the, the Dolphins have just been all over the map so far. Um, I'm, you know, wh- The Detroit defense probably isn't going to let guys just walk through them the way the Bears defense did, at which point... Have the Dolphins got any shot of actually winning that? But they're in Miami. They're in Miami. It's that hot home, down there. That home field advantage. You've got the heat. There. I see it in your notes. It's, the not, heat. Hot. it's not, hot in De- not hot in Detroit. Heat index analytics. Um, I'll be watching because, like what you said, you know, Brock had some easy throws. You mentioned that Albert Wilson play. Like, how did he score on that last week? 
The Lions play as much man coverage as anybody in the league. Them and the Patriots, one and two. No surprise, Matt Patricia leaving New England, coaching the Lions. So Brock's going to have to earn it this week. And when you play man coverage, you have to be accurate. Brock's just not the most accurate guy yeah. in the world. So that's what I'll be watching. Lions playing their man coverage against Brock and the Dolphins. I'm taking Detroit. Uh, I have Miami because, you know, the heat. Oh, man, man. I am. I feel like I'm influencing your picks here. The more you hang out with me, you're taking Tampa Bay, Jameis in the, in the heat. You're taking Miami. This is fascinating. It's very hot in Florida, and I'm, I'm banking on that a lot this, this week. Is, this is great. Let's move on to the Titans and the Los Angeles Chargers. I don't want to say at because it's at Wembley. It's a 9.30 a.m. game. That's a 6.30 a.m. start for your Los Angeles Chargers. Last week, I called for the Chargers to maybe sleepwalk through the game against the Browns, which was completely wrong. They dominated the Browns. Is this the week that they sleepwalk a little bit because they're going to be sleepy? <laughs> they're going to be sleepy. I, I haven't checked when they're going. Like the Raiders, it's about when they go. The yeah. Raiders rolled up there on Friday, and apparently that's, that wasn't a great idea. They were sleepy. Yeah. yeah. So the Chargers, if they set off early, might be okay. Because you know, Tennessee's going a long way as well. It's not easy for them. We have a massive database of information. Yeah. I mean, for every single play in the NFL, there's 180 data points that you can kind of link up and say, on this play, here's 180 things that I could know. And our analysis is coming down to games, whether or not they're in Florida or not. Hot. And when teams when arrive, arrive in England. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Great. I mean, Great alternatively... Work. The the Chargers have a really good pair of running backs, and Tennessee's yes. linebacker core is not great, uh, and it's banged up. You know, that could be ugly. So they haven't actually been missing that many tackles. 21 is a linebacker group so far this season. They've used a ton of linebackers, so that's not a disaster. Um, but they haven't been grading well. Like, they've been doing badly against the run, whether it's taking themselves out of position, whether it's just getting blocked by offensive linemen. Um, whether it's just failing to live with athletic running backs in space and you know not even getting close enough to do it. Right. So how they're going to deal with Eckler and with Melvin Gordon should be pretty fun to see. Good little two-headed monster there for the Chargers. I'll be watching other side of the ball, Titans pass offense. How do they bounce back? Mariota sacked 10 times the other day, 11 times, only had 10 completions against the Chargers coverage unit. Of course, Hall of Famer Corey Davis going up against Casey Hayward in one-on-one battles. That's going to yeah. be a great one to see. But again, with the sack thing, it's not all on the offensive line. It's not all on the quarterback. It's on everybody, including the receivers. So if they can't get separation, is Mariota going to hold the ball and get sacked five or eight times again? Yeah, I was going to say, you're, you're looking to see if they actually have a pass offense this week. Yes, that's, they, what, they that's what I'm looking for. Week. Yeah, maybe maybe against the, the tired Chargers, mm, potentially. Maybe they found it. We'll see. But we're all taking the Chargers here. Yeah. The history of the Chargers, it's always scary to take them when everybody feels like you should take them. Yeah, they always let you down. But maybe this is maybe. different. Philip Rivers is playing some excellent football. Yeah, that's happened before. They still let this people season. down. Just saying. All right, it's time for our biggest mismatch of the week. What do you have for us, Sam? Uh, the Jacksonville defensive front going up against the Houston offensive line, which is, oh, no. Um, that's one of the best defensive fronts in the game. Obviously, they haven't been quite as dominant as they were a year ago, but they're still pretty scary. Um, and that Houston offensive line, if anything, has been worse than it was a year ago. It's allowed just under 100 total pressures so far this season, Gosh. which is pretty catastrophic. A pass-blocking efficiency number of 78.9, which is 31st in the league. Only the Arizona Cardinals have been worse on a per-snap basis than the Houston Texans. So now you have to do that against the Jacksonville defensive line. 
I mean, that's just ugly. Yeah, that's tough. I, and I'm I'm watching Watson going up against the Jags. So by the way, Watson has accounted. We've we've charged him with five sacks on his own. You know, the part of it's on him too. As bad as the offensive line is, he holds the ball long. Bill O'Brien even said he's got to get rid of the ball a little bit quicker. So he's been charged with twelve pressures on his own, five of which are sacks. But like I said last year, he played the Jaguars only that week one game when he wasn't the starter. Tom Savage was the starter. He came in for Savage. Uh, was it at halftime or just around halftime had a 32.4 grade in that game which is actually the same exact grade that he had last week against the Buffalo Bills mm-hmm. ironically so the two worst games Deshaun Watson has ever played last week against the Bills last year against the Jaguars the excuse last year was well he came in in relief and all that stuff and it was true and it was against a really good Jags defense but he never had a chance to face him the second time so this is a this is a challenge for for Watson here yeah particularly with that offensive line being so bad it's I mean every week for him is a challenge yep there's a lot of pressure on on Watson every single week we are both taking the Jaguars in this game plus you know the games in Florida where it's hot there's three Florida games this week we're all taking the Florida teams because it's hot I mean it's October nobody nobody's used to being hot and they're going to go to Florida where it's hot. You're right. Or England where it's cold and gloomy. I don't want to. We just wasted five minutes talking about it. We should have just let. We should have just said. Been yeah, done. definitely. Um, I wasn't going to call this the biggest mismatch of the week, but I will. Los Angeles Rams at the San Francisco 49ers. I'm going to go Sean McVay, mm-hmm. Los Angeles Rams head coach and play caller. Yeah. Against our good friend Bobby Slowick, defensive oh. quality control coach of the San Francisco 49ers. Which way is the mismatch working? Sorry, Bobby. Sorry, Bob. Yeah. McVeigh's just really good. I mean, Bobby was pretty smart. Bobby is pretty good. He's got, he understands, you know what? Let's flip it. Yeah. Bobby Slowick, mismatch of the week. He is going to neutralize, run circles, neutralize. Yeah. Neutralize Neutralize Sean McVeigh. The funny thing is, they're probably about the same age. They're like 22, (laughs) 25, 28. What are they? McVeigh's running the team, and Bobby's Bobby's, listening to this. You've just made him want to kill himself. Bobby's quality control. You're the same age, and Sean McVay is hailed as a genius in running the team. Bob, if you're uh, if you're listening to us, I'm sorry. We love you, buddy. We love you, buddy. Anyway, the the Niners defense, you know, we saw it Monday night early on, especially open receivers are running left and right. Yeah. That's what the Rams specialize in. They did crack down a little bit. There was a point, and this shows how good Aaron Rodgers is. There's a point where they were like, "Hey, they were making Aaron Rodgers look uncomfortable," but in the end, Rodgers makes a ton of big throws. The Niners are giving up a lot this year. The worst coverage grade in the NFL per our numbers right now. Yeah. Um, I'm going to go with that side of the ball as well, but with a one-on-one matchup. Reuben Foster against Todd Gurley. Like, in terms of one-on-one yeah. special athletes heading to the same hole, that could be pretty fun. <sighs> Reuben even got beaten on a deep crosser the other yeah, night. Well, it, you know, He's like the only guy that can cover that thing. Not consistently. Though. I know. It beats everybody. Nobody can do it point. all the time. He just did it once. That's more than enough. We're all taking the Rams... In this one, I believe. Yes. All taking the Rams on the road at San Francisco. Brings us to the Buffalo Bills at the Indianapolis Colts. Sam, what are you watching for in this one? (laughs) Derek Anderson starting at quarterback because Nathan Peterman is so bad that they had to emergency call Derek Anderson into the building, sign him up, and throw him right out there as a starter. They pulled him right out of the backup QB house that he lives at? That's how terrible Nathan Peterman was. And it's so bad that I don't even think it was the wrong decision. Like, he was... He came in for like two minutes and threw two like two interceptions, one of which was a pick six. He turned what was a winnable game into just a blowout in the other direction. 
Like, it's amazing how bad that guy is. I saw some number that said, like, if Tom Brady throws an interception on his next thousand passes, yeah. he'll have the same interception percentage as Peterman. Yeah. That's not a PFF number. I stole that from no. someone. No, his, his interception percentage is, like, it's insane. It's no. like 17% or something. Well, he's essentially played two games worth of snaps in his career, and he has nine interceptions. Yeah. So it's like a five and a four interception right. The game. best interception rates of all time are like 1%, right? His interception rate, I think, is like 17 it's, it's ridiculous. It's not good. Um, but Derek Anderson, he's got one career season above 70. 2007? Grading. No, it actually wasn't. It was, it's one that has way less snaps than that. It's oh, like 2014, okay. maybe. Um, 07, he was okay. 07, he was okay. That was 60-something, right? He was okay, but so much of that season was I've got a couple of tall guys who oh, are yeah. actually doing really well. I'm just going to leave it up there. So, yeah, it was jump balls to Braylon Edwards and Kellen Winslow for a year, yes. and it just happened to work out. Um his last season with more than 100 snaps was now four seasons ago. Um, he's, when you, you, know, you think we well, you know what Derek Anderson looks like, then you, you have a look at his current player picture, and he's bald as a coot. And you're like, hmm, Derek Anderson got old. Yeah. So fun. not only was he not great to begin with, now he's old and not great, and they still think he's a better option than Nathan Peterman, and I'm not sure they're wrong. Um, there's a reason why this is a seven-point spread in the favor of the Colts, who are pretty bad. Yeah. Like, that Bills offense, just, it's going to be miserable. The Bills offense is rough. Even going up against a Colts, you know, soft pass coverage team, especially the way they play a lot of cover two, soft zone. I'll be watching the Bills in coverage. Again, I feel like the Bills' defense is just, their offense is so bad that the defense gets overrated, are underrated, so the Bills are pretty good in coverage. They're number 13 in our grades, number four pass rush, guys like Jerry Hughes rushing the passer. So I'll be watching that. I think Andrew Luck will be challenged a little bit, and this is going to be the story of the Bills every single week. Can the offense do enough to give them a chance? Speaking of the captain. Speaking of. We have a, another latest missive to Dearest Mother. Okay. Dearest Mother, we have returned to home camp. The Bison men slowed their pursuit when they realized their unit was without a captain. Perhaps if they did not all go by Bill. Uh, we shall use this time to drill. A victory, I dearly hope, is within reach. I love you, Andrew. The bison men. The bison men. Not all of whom are named Bill. I'm just saying, there's a lot of scary weekly battles. They play eagles, they play bison men, mm. patriot men, or whatever they were. It's a rough campaign for the captain. It's a rough campaign for a guy that still has a sore sidearm. Well, but It's, it's remained the, true up until now. It has. He had a couple... Uh, Sidewinders uh, last Sunday, those three interceptions against the Jet men. Yeah, misfires. Misfires, even. Sorry. All right, let's get into the rest of the slate. Rapid fire here, Sam, because you've got, uh, we got a hard out yeah. on this thing. Hard out. As they say. They do. <laughs> let's go. Minnesota Vikings at the New York Jets. You looking at uh, Thigs and Dealing? Yeah, Thigs and Dealing. Uh, more specifically, Dealing. Um, Adam Dealing has, uh, he's now gone six straight games with 100 yards which is the most ever to open a season, and I think the third most ever period of over any span. So he's got two more to catch the most all-time, which I think, though I, I'm not 100% on this, I think it was Calvin Johnson has eight straight. Okay, uh, 2011 and probably. And that's the all-time record. Jerry Rice, I think, is up there Rice as well. Rice has to be. Um, but I think, that's the, I think Calvin Johnson has the most with eight. Thielen's got two more to go. Can he keep it up? He's currently the number two graded wide receiver at PFF. Yeah, he's pretty awesome. And he's got way more snaps than the number one. Deshaun Jackson is number one. Has played like half the amount of time. I was looking at Kirk Cousins' numbers thrown against man coverage. He's Uh one of the top five 
and yards, and, and it's a lot of it's Thielen and Diggs and their ability to get open. Mm. I said their names properly. You did. Yeah, a lot of it's Diggs and Thielen. Stop confusing me. Uh, I'll be watching Sam Darnold against a Mike Zimmer defense. I like what, you know, people always talk about, you know, Belichick against rookies and stuff. Zim, I've seen Zimmer absolutely destroy rookies and young quarterbacks. He did it, Car- did it to Carson Wentz back in 2016. Wentz was grading well, ran into Zimmer's defense, and he looked so confused because of their two you know, double-A gap looks and different things that they do. So I think that'll be a fun little matchup to watch. How does Darnold do against Zimmer's D? Because Darnold starting to play pretty well yeah. these last few weeks. He upticked after getting in the wrong direction for like four consecutive weeks. Yep. Uh, we're all taking Minnesota, despite Kirk Cousins throwing in an outdoor stadium. Uh-oh. Mm. We'll I see. mean, he's done that before. So. I know. He did come from Washington. Yeah. Speaking of, they're hosting the Dallas Cowboys, Sam. What are we watching for in this NFC East matchup? Yeah, big matchup with both these teams kind of in the running uh, within that division still. Nobody's stood up. Uh, can Washington stop the run, right? That was a big thing last week. They bottled up Cam Newton and Christian McCaffrey and this diverse, formidable Panthers rushing attack. And it looked really impressive. You just looked at the box score numbers. But if you look at how it actually worked, like the Panthers abandoned the run at some ridiculous rate right off the bat. They abandoned the run like it was a lollipop covered with spiders. They just, no, nope, I'm out. I'm done. Not having. Is that a common phrase? No, I just made it up. Uh, what they so on the spot? Pretty much. The I'm impressed. The the Redskins scored early, yeah. and the Panthers actually started the game with I think a nine yard run, and then like three straight runs gained twenty one yards. Then they somehow conspired to turn second and two into a punt. The Redskins scored on that drive a touchdown, and from that point on, the Panthers basically just went well. The run's out. We're behind. We got a pass, and that was it. That's that it. was the run game. Gone. So the, the Cowboys are unlikely to abandon it so quickly, is all I'm saying. Yeah, so that's something to keep an eye on. I'll be watching uh, Dallas's coverage unit. Again, I just love the way they're coming together. Leighton Vander Esch playing some excellent football. Last three games just stops. Those, you know, those tackles in and around the line of scrimmage, offensive failures. He had four, then seven, then four these last three weeks. Now leading the Cowboys with 20. Jalen Smith. Playing really well, yeah. On the back end, starting to you know get that athleticism. So, I wrote this off season about Dallas's back seven just being really interesting in their ability to match up. Byron Jones still our number one graded corner, uh, and plus just Dallas playing on the road, they've been night and day different, a different team home and away. So, um, I think this is a sneaky good matchup. It's the NFC East; these guys always play each other tough. Um, so I'll be watching the back seven of the Cowboys in this one, but we're both taking. The Redskins, I think I bought into the home road splits for the Cowboys, despite how good they looked last week against Jacksonville. Yeah, okay. Because it was at home. Mm. All right, we've got a Sunday night football flexed game. Our hometown Cincinnati Bengals at the Kansas City Chiefs. Chiefs back on Sunday night for the second straight week. Yeah. Uh, Can the Bengals get pressure on Patrick Mahomes against that Chiefs offensive line? We expected the Cincinnati defensive front to be really good when it comes to pass rushing. They haven't quite been that good. They've been okay, um, but we've expected more. Um, And I think there is more to come. If they can't pressure Patrick Mahomes, can they live with the Chiefs offense in a shootout? Because that's every week with the Chiefs, right? If you can't slow them down, you have to match them against their terrible defense can Andy Dalton and the Bengals offense, you know, hang in that kind of race? I think they can. The way they're playing this year, this year Dalton's been a top ten quarterback. I think they can hang. It's gonna. I think it's gonna be another one of those shootouts. 
Uh, the best thing that Cincinnati can do, though, get pressure on Mahomes, like you said, even though he's been really good at avoiding sacks when pressured. And then the split that I found that I, fa- that w- I thought was interesting is how Mahomes is playing against man coverage versus zone. This isn't perfect. This isn't perfect numbers, but we track every single coverage. There's always nuance into these things, but in a broad look, number one against basic zone concepts, that's Mahomes, his PFF grade. Number one, 25th against man concepts. Now, there's going to be a little crossover there, but it's not going to be that much different. It's probably first versus zone. It could be 20th versus man, but it's a pretty distinct difference. And when you have guys like Travis Kelsey and Tyree Kill that can beat man coverage, I don't expect this necessarily to stay the same, um, but it's an interesting split to me. But the Bengals are a zone team, so how do they attack them is what I want to see. Do they adjust at all? Do they sit in their cover 2-4-6 shell, as I like to say, and you play those various cover uh, coverages with two high safeties and you mix it up down to down so i'll be watching some of that nuance either way the chiefs probably still score 40 and the bengals score 33 and that's what happens yeah is that about right every single game with the chiefs yeah shoot at no matter what happens how no it doesn't matter how you stop try to stop mahomes he'll probably still find a way to score points like you did last week against new england uh kansas city is who everybody at pff is taking in this one all right last game monday night football New York Giants at the Atlanta Falcons. It's in a dome, Sam. It is in a dome. Um, so obviously the Falcons will play better because they're a dome team. Um, it's not in Pennsylvania, Steve, so they're not going to struggle. It's not even necessarily that. This is our chance. Like Eli has, has had a, a terrible-looking arm for three straight years. It's, it's going to be great. The ball's going to be flying out of his hand. It's going to look crisp. He might throw for 350 and look pretty good because it's in a dome against the bad Falcons defense. Yeah. Um, and because it's a bad Falcons defense, we are going to get sickening levels of Saquon Barkley love. Like, That's what you want to watch? It was off the charts in that last game, and they were still getting their ass kicked. Like, if they actually are in this game or they're somehow, you know, keeping pace, it's just going it's, it's gonna, to it's gonna go over the top. It's, yeah, you think, t- think so? Yeah, it's going to actually awesome. flow out of the particular vessel that we're talking about and just spill all over the floor. That's how much Saquon Barkley love there's going to be. The... The Eagles-Giants game where Saquon was unbelievable from a yardage and, and you know some of the stuff you know standpoint, some of the stuff that he did on the field, I mean, it essentially summed up everything we said pre-draft yeah. and the value of a running back. He can look incredible. He can't play well put enough up for huge, this to be a right, good pick. Put up huge numbers, and they sco- still score 13. Yeah. Now, at some point, they have a good quarterback, and he's a piece of a bigger offense, and it's going to look really good. And this narrative, by the way, that they chose him so they could, like, suck the next year and get the number one overall pick at a quarterback is absurd it's all made up like let's say that's the plan okay you had the highest draft pick you have had since 1981 like you cannot possibly have expected to get back to that level the next year particularly if you think Barkley actually does move the needle the way they seem to have at which point what you are saying is rather than take the quarterback this year and try and find somebody spectacular next year what we'll do is we'll take Saquon Barkley this year, and then we will trade all of the things we have to move up to get the quarterback next year, because that's or, what you're going to need to do. Or you're saying, I'm gonna, we're going to take Saquon Barkley. He's so special that we, that we also know he's not going to help us win games, so we're going to be back in this position next week. They couldn't have thought that. Well, no, because then there's no point in taking it. Well, no kidding. But if you actually, so there's no conspiracy theory. The only way it makes any sense is if you're, if if the logic is you were prepared to trade a boatload of stuff for a quarterback next year, as opposed to just taking one or two. That's silly. 
That's what yeah, I'm of course. Saying. I know. I understand. I get it. Yeah, but it's not so much for you. It's for the people listening. Oh, for the oh, okay. there's more than you We're listening to me right to now. The millions. I don't and know millions. if you understand how this works. Uh, when point. you and I put on this headset, we're communicating with people outside of this podcast. I feel like it's just nook. me and you in the room, and we're yeah. just having a conversation. So when I'm trying to explain to you why the Saquon pick is stupid, it's not because I think you don't get it. Like, I have to tell you things a few times before yeah. they'll sink in. I, I've, I'm confident that I've passed the threshold with Saquon with you. Oh, I get it. But yeah. I'm, I'm relaying it to other people. Thank you. You're yeah, th- that was the game, though, that summed up why it was a silly pick. Because yeah. he was really good. Um, don't want to take away from Saquon, the player himself. Mm-hmm. It has, it's not his fault that he plays running back no. and that he's less valuable. Yeah. But he's really fun to watch. He is. He's, he's Barry Sanders. No. No, 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 no. Is that no. right? No. That's what, I want to watch no. him be Barry Sanders. That's what I wrote in, as my, in my notes. You did. And having expended the thing that grinds my gears at the top of the show, you're bringing one right back so we can end it here because you cannot, cannot compare Saquon Barkley to Barry Sanders. Can you I can't get, do it. Can I get my Matt Ryan splits in first? Yes. Before we yes, grind you your can. gears. Okay. Matt Ryan so far this year. Here are the official numbers in a dome versus outdoors slash in Pennsylvania. Yeah. PFF grade 89.7 in a dome. Mm-hmm. That drops to 49.8 outdoors. Mm-hmm. Touchdown to interception ratio 13 to 1 in a dome, 1 to 1 in those two outdoor games. 13 to 1 versus 1 to 1. That's pretty impressive. That's pretty extreme. Plus yeah. a really bad fumble against the Steelers. Passer rating of 134.3 in the dome. Mm hmm. Multiple domes because they played in New Orleans as well. Passer rating of 77 outdoors. Two games, small sample size, but again, domes matter when you're talking about passing stats. So Matt Ryan's in a dome. He's probably going to throw for 350 and another three touchdowns, and that's why the Falcons are going to win. And we all picked them, and we can go tell, we can go grind your gears now, Sam. Yeah, what, Saquon, what makes you mad you about cannot Saquon? Compare people to Barry Sanders. Can't do it. So you were trying to bring back the comparison. Yeah, but you said he is Barry Sanders. Oh. That's not the comparison. That is actually the thing that people do when I say you can compare without equating. You are equating Saquon Barkley to Barry Sanders, and oh, that is Barry. what you cannot do. He's Barry. No, no, he's not. Stop doing that. Stop it right same now. Same guy. We're going to show a whole video montage on how they're the same guy, same spin move? No. No. No, no, no. Look, Saquon's good. He's very impressive. He's not Barry Sanders. Further the point, though, even if he is or was Barry which Sanders, is. which he isn't, right? Barry couldn't win unless he had Scott Mitchell at the helm. <laughs> Look, he had yeah. a good year of Eric Kramer and a good year of Scott Mitchell, and they made the playoffs, and that was it. Yeah, that was the line. Look, Saqu- it's impossible for Saquon Barkley to play well enough for that to be a good pick because running backs simply do not have that kind of impact anymore. Right. If you know, we talked about. Or ever, baby. There's a tier of quarterbacks. No, they certainly used to at one point where the entire offense was just loading up a running back and watching him grind out four yards every carry. Um, so we've talked before about this tier of quarterbacks that exist where you can win with them, but only if everything else around them kind of goes well and then they get yeah. elevated, right? Every running back is like the low end of that tier. It's like you can win with those guys, but everything else around them needs to be good. Otherwise, right, it doesn't right. matter. So. Ever, like the best running back in the world is at the ass end of that cra- like middle crappy quarterback tier where the absolute best you can do, everything else around you needs to be good. Otherwise, it doesn't make a bl- like one iota of difference. And we saw it with uh, Todd Gurley and the Rams. When things were going badly around him, he looked disastrous. He looked like right. a bust. Suddenly, the offensive line is good. The offense is fantastic. They're opening up holes for him, and he looks like an MVP. I'm sticking with that as my comp. But he's not really the MVP, Gurley. No, he just looks like he's an MVP. Because people are talking about Gurley as an MVP candidate. 
No. No. Can't be. Because he's not valuable to that offense. Right. And running the ball or no. so much so more not, dependent on your quarterback. It's not that he isn't valuable. It's that he is amongst the least valuable components that are currently firing on all cylinders. That's correct. There. Jared Goff, far more valuable this yes. year. Sean McVay, far more. This is why the MVP is a stupid award, and we don't do it at PFF. We have the Stevenson Award for the best player, Sam. Yes. There it is. I hear music. We're out of here. We're getting played off. It's that, that, the hook that's coming in from off screen. To well, you have, you have a hard out. Yes. And the music's helping with that. Thank you guys for tuning in. That's your Week 7 preview. We'll be back, of course, Monday reviewing all the action. And the only way for you guys to properly prepare for this weekend is to get to ProFootballFocus.com. Get your PFF Elite Package. Check out Greenline for your picks and Premium Stats 2.0 for grades on every single player in the NFL. All right, guys. We'll chat again Monday. Quick break to tell you guys about NFL Game Pass, the only way that you can replay every game all season long. You can relive all the gutsy calls, crazy catches, wild comebacks, and breakout stars from every game every week. It's all the action, all the football you can handle, all in one place. So every game that we're talking about right now, you guys can rewatch it after the fact. I'm going to be going back, and you guys can too. Go check out Lamar Jackson in week one. Go check out Dak Prescott and what that Cowboys offense actually did go check out kyler murray and his nfl debut that's my favorite thing about nfl game pass you can go back and watch at any time and if you haven't watched a condensed game yet you have to try it out it's every play from the game back to back to back so you can replay an entire nfl game in the fraction of the time it normally takes it's how i'm able to follow all the mvp candidates all the breakout stars and of course your waiver wire pickups all season long to see all the action this season and stay on top of all the big storylines, you need NFL Game Pass. Best of all, you can kick off the 2019 NFL season with a seven-day free trial of NFL Game Pass. Just sign up now at nfl.com slash pro football focus NFL.